Small wins and case facts, preparing for your interview. Two important steps to take in preparation for your interview are reviewing your case facts and planning your small wins. If you don't know your case facts, suspects will be emboldened to lie because they will sense that you don't know what you are talking about. Small wins are essentially corroborating details. Plan your small wins in advance and you will drastically improve your chances of benefiting your case as a result of the suspect interview. Your biggest indicator of guilt is the case facts. You must start your preparation for the suspect interview with knowing these facts as completely as possible. If you say it happened on a Tuesday when it happened on a Thursday, a guilty suspect will be emboldened to lie. Of course, it will also be difficult to exonerate an innocent suspect if you aren't talking about the correct case facts. Know when it happened, who did what, and what evidence you have. When a guilty suspect hears you say something that is incorrect about the crime, they will be galvanized to lie. You may still be able to get the truth, but it will be much harder. I've seen this happen in my own interviews on multiple occasions. I've seen a suspect's face visibly harden when I say something that isn't correct about the case or suggest I know something that can't possibly be known. This is true even if the difference is seemingly minor. Here is a fairly obvious scenario. Three suspects rob a pizza delivery driver in an apartment breezeway. According to the victim, one of the suspects held him at gunpoint while another demanded that the victim drop his wallet. When the victim dropped his wallet, the third suspect picked it up and all three ran away. If you put one of these suspects in an interview room and tell him that the touch DNA from the victim's pocket is going to positively identify him as a suspect, the suspect will know you're lying. If a suspect knows you're lying, they will lie too. Consider the following situation. A victim has told you that the suspect pulled her pants down and rubbed his penis on her vagina from on top of her underwear. If the suspect knows that he never fully inserted his penis in the victim's vagina, and you tell this suspect that the victim said he put his penis inside of her vagina, he will be emboldened to lie. Although you might imagine that the suspect did such a thing, and the victim wasn't able to articulate it, I strongly urge you to stick with your case facts and not with your imagination. I would like to point out here that it might not matter if the interviewer's statement could be technically correct. A penis can penetrate a vagina despite a cloth barrier. Suspects will employ distorted thinking techniques to shield themselves from these blows. Be on the lookout for minor evasions that indicate such a technique being employed. Once you know your case facts, plan your small wins. In any given case, there are big secrets and little secrets. If you're investigating an armed robbery, for example, the culprit's big secret is that they robbed the person at gunpoint. Little secrets might be that they own a gun, drive the same type of car as the suspect, have prior convictions for armed robbery, or pawn similar items to those stolen. This is obvious, but the implications might not be as obvious. The big secret is like a fortress. They have planned their best defenses here. As an interviewer, you will meet the most stubborn resistance when charging for the big secret fortress. Because the suspect is focused on preserving this secret, they will be vulnerable to letting you achieve small wins that uncover the little secrets and are equally important in many ways. These are the small wins that we want to achieve. In order to increase our chances for success, we need to plan these wins before we even enter the interview room. If we plan well, we can increase our chances of achieving the small wins so that even without a confession, the interview will have been a success. What is a small win? In essence, small wins are just the corroborating details of a case. The gathering of these details or small wins should be planned in advance. If you do not plan ahead, you may find yourself in court listening to an alibi that you know isn't true, but can't prove isn't true. Small wins depend on the case, but they can be things such as that the suspect knows the victim, has been in contact with the victim, owns the type of weapon used in the offense, doesn't have an alibi, is mentally and or physically capable of having committed the offense, 
has unmet needs, financial, sexual, etc., has been alone with the victim, has thought about or attempted a similar crime before, has been accused of similar offenses, has lied to somebody in their life about an aspect of the crime. We must look to achieve these small wins during the interview. When small wins are done right, the suspect won't even think that they have lost anything. Remember, an interview is a non-accusatory conversation. An interrogation is both accusatory and adversarial. If you wait until an interrogation to get these small wins, they will become exponentially harder to achieve. A guilty suspect walks into a non-custodial interview hoping to protect the big secret while appearing to be as helpful as possible. They have a story, they have a few details or character witnesses to bolster their story. At this moment, they are expending a lot of brain power to stick to the story, which means you have them at a moment when they are distracted, keeping up with their story, and hoping to be pleasant to get through the interview. This is the moment to achieve the small wins. Scenario. A mother calls the police to report that her five-year-old daughter has been sexually assaulted. Police respond and take a report. Mother and victim live in an informal group home run by a man named Michael. Michael collects rent and does some grocery shopping. There are approximately 10 people living in the home. One day, victim tells mother that Michael put his private part in her butt. Mother has let Michael care for victim while she is at work. Michael is known to be eccentric. He sometimes cross-dresses. He seems almost childlike himself. Michael has been observed by one other member of the house masturbating by the bedside of another sleeping adult. The investigation continues forward with Michael as a suspect. The child confirms the allegation in a forensic interview and non-acute medical exam. Let's examine this case from the perspective of big secrets and small wins. If Michael is guilty, his big secret is that he put his penis in the butt of a five-year-old child. That is the secret we hope to uncover in the interrogation. There might be other big secrets that we don't know about. For example, he may have done the same thing lots of times to the same little girl, or he may have victimized other children. One thing we have to accept as investigators is that we will never know everything a criminal has done. Let the case facts lead you to the big secret that you are wanting to uncover in this interview. What are some small wins here? In this case, I would suggest the following. Michael lives at or has access to the group home address. Michael knows victim and mother. Michael has sometimes cared for victim while mother is gone. Michael has been alone with victim. Michael has had victim on his lap. Finding out that any body part of Michael's has been in contact with a part of victim that would be covered by a swimsuit. Finding out if he sometimes plays with victim and what kinds of games they play. Discovering that he has ever helped a victim go to the bathroom. Discovering that he has ever helped victim shower. Finding that Michael discussed sexual topics with victim. Any affirmative answer to these questions will be a small win. This is especially true about topics 1 through 5. If you can put your suspect at the scene and in contact with the victim, you've made tremendous progress. Issues 1 and 2, that he lives at the address and knows victim and mother, may seem simple, but having that information from the suspect's mouth means that you have two fewer things to prove. I've had suspects come into the room and deny basic facts that are easy to prove. In fact, as a rookie patrol officer, I had a guy tell me that the drugs couldn't be his because he wasn't even inside of his own body. A nice twist on the pants aren't mine officer. Assume nothing, prove everything. Without scripting your interview, think of different scenarios that might occur while angling for these small wins. What if Michael denies living at the group home and provides another address? You might say, thank you for that information. A record search has shown other addresses for you. I need to verify this information. Please tell me everywhere that you have lived in the last five years. If that doesn't work, you may have to be more direct and ask, when mother says you lived at the group home, is she lying? You'll probably get the information right away without so much fuss, but it is good to be prepared. 
For topics two and three, consider asking presumptive questions. How long have you known mother and victim? Instead of, do you know mother and victim? How many times have you helped mother out by watching victim? Instead of, do you ever babysit victim? Each small win should be developed after being achieved. This is basic interview technique, but sometimes it is good to state the obvious. Once Michael has admitted to living in the house, find out what room he lives in, if he has locks on his door, or if he has a roommate. Once you know that Michael knows mother and victim, ask how he met them, what their characters are like, and if they have any reason to lie about him. Follow the conversation as it develops. Once you have achieved as many of these small wins as possible, an interrogation is infinitely easier. If a guilty suspect's big secret is held like a fortress, the interrogation is the moment that you lay siege to that fortress. If you have achieved the small wins, you will be starting the siege at the walls of the fortress. You will have discovered everything that could be discovered in a non-accusatory interview. The only thing left to do is open the gate to the big secret. If you didn't get the small wins in the interview, you will waste time and effort struggling for them in the interrogation. In the fortress metaphor, you are starting your siege with an open field between you and the gates. Make your job easy. Do the groundwork to get as close to the big secret as possible before you start your adversarial struggle to get at the big secret. When you familiarize yourself with the case facts and plan your small wins, you will have set yourself up for success. I recommend typing out a Word document with the case number, entities, location, and other specific details of the crime. Type out the small wins that you want to achieve. Include some behavior-provoking questions you want to ask that are custom-tailored for your case. Save this document in your case file. You'll be thankful for this document when the other dozen cases that come to your attention between preparation and actual interview mix into your consciousness and muddle your memories. Preparation is key to success.